Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we continue our adventures with Robin Hood during Robin Hood Month. And uh, we are watching one that uh, I'm very excited to be seeing again. It is 1973's Robin Hood from Disney. That's right. The one with the fox and the chicken and all the other animals <laughs> running around being Robin Hood. Uh, joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it is Murray Jackson. How are you, Murray? Oh, I'm fantastic, Stephen. It's, it's, it's odd to actually be on the side of the have not seen. Yes, well, it, it is odd because, uh, as uh, you know, we are in your cinema room once again, which is more DVD than room. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I would say that you do have a couple of... Not blind spots, but uh, areas of filmic neglect. Mm, um, mm. The golden age of Hollywood, we know, is famously one that you're not a big fan of. Although I wouldn't say that totally, Stephen. I, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of golden age musicals and... Mm. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yes, mm. yeah, you still haven't forgiven us for Wizard of Oz, have you? Oh, no, no, actually, I, I have. I, I'm, I was joking. Wizard of Oz was perfectly lovely film mm. yeah <laughs> everything i loathe about cinema it was lovely <laughs> um and i would say one of the other areas is um is 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 disney uh animated disney mm. let's 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 be specific mm. yes uh so what do you know about the animated robin hood well I, I i was talking with you about this the other day Stephen. i my my vivid memory of um this is that i had the soundtrack album uh which i used to play religiously because it was probably the most contemporary music in uh, in our our record collection mm. which was you know mainly you know Rachmaninoff uh, Mozart Bach uh, all the greats um, <laughs> but you can't really hum them you can't sit there and go that's it yeah you can't just make the words up as you go along um, so yeah I used to play it a fair bit which as I said to you the other day leads me to suspect maybe I had seen this film mm. but I do know my, my father was far more into taking me to the non-animated Disney films. So, you know, if it's the computer wore tennis shoes, I was there. Uh, Herbie goes bananas. I went bananas <laughs> with Herbie. Um, but uh, in, in terms of animated Disney, I, I don't think it was a big love of my parents. And therefore, um, why would they take me? No, that's fair enough. I mean, yeah. Yeah, parents very much just take children to things that they like in hoping that they'll continue to like Well, they them. took me to all the traumatic animated stuff. So, oh. you know, Charlotte's Web, mm. which I wept for a week after mm. that. But um, Watership Down? Watership Down, I yeah. did go to see. Yeah, 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 yeah. once again. Terrifying, but yeah. great. They uh, probably knew my tastes at that, even at an early <laughs> age, Stephen. <laughs> and, and Robin Hood, uh, as a sort of mythic uh, figure... Mm. Um, are you a fan of the the tales of Robin Hood, or could you? Yes, I am, Stephen. Oh, okay. um, very much so. I, I, I grew up reading the little golden books of Richard Green's Robin Hood, which mm. was uh, uh, a, a TV series on English TV back in the fifties. Um, so I sort of probably learned the legend of Robin Hood from that. Mm. And as I grew older, and you know, probably around my teen years. Um, Michael Prade and uh, was a young Jason Connery um, with uh, the Robin of Sherwood series on mm. TV. Richard Carpenter, I think, uh, did that one. Uh, if you've never seen it, folks, seek it out. It's probably a little dated now, but you've got the lovely uh, music of Clannad in the background, and it's a fairly earnest um, tale of the uh, of, of the myth, as it were. So uh, yeah, well worth seeking out. So yeah, I have a love of Robin Hood. Yeah, why not? Um, then of course Kevin Costner came along, sort of ruined everything. Um, uh, but you know, it's 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 yeah. How, how did he ruin it? I'm curious. Uh, by being American, maybe. Ah, yes, yeah. okay. That that will do it. Yes. Uh, well, luckily for us, we have someone who has seen this version of the Robin Hood tale. Uh, welcome back to the program, Nicola Brescianini. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, yes, it's lovely to see you again. It's been. Uh, I think about six months since you were last on. It would have been Christmas. It would have been yes, actually, <laughs> yes, it was. It was it was Christmas. The uh, Nicola annual tradition. Yes, yes. Well, uh, uh, fan of Christmas, but we've got you out of um, the the Christmas cave because one of your other great loves is Disney and yes. Disney animation. Um, so, in a vague 
non-spoilery sort of way, but it's the tale of Robin Hood. There's not much to spoil, I guess. <laughs> but what, what can people who haven't seen this version of Robin Hood expect? Animals. Mm. Mm. Animals. That will be the uh, biggest difference between this and every other one. <laughs> mm. Just just a lot of animals running around. One hot fox. Ooh. See, I, this was something I was, ready, I was potentially going to bring up in the second half, but now that you flagged it here, let's just yeah. get it out of the way. Is this film responsible for the furry movement? Yes or no? <laughs> mm. I can neither deny or... <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing this film now. Well, it's just... it's there's, there's a lot of people who remember this film or watched it when they were young and their first crush was one of the animals from this film. Usually Robin. Yep. Sometimes Maid Marian. Yes. Um, because obviously they're both foxes. They're yep. both foxy foxes. They sure are. Um, but yeah, there, there is a lot of discourse around... Um, you know, I'm a fat chicken man myself. Well, oh well, you're in for a treat. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was there was a lot of this discussion around the fact that, like, particularly Robin Hood as a fox was a fox for some people. This one and The Lion King. Uh, when people tell me about hot animated characters, mm. these two films are the ones that come to mind straight away. Yeah. So we can look forward to that as well, Murray. Some uh, some nice... Some foxy action. Some foxy action. Yep, and mm. some chickens. Yeah. Um, and, and Robin Hood for you, Nicola, just in general. Is is Robin Hood a particular favourite? Or, or can you take it or leave it? Um, look, it's definitely not in my top uh, rotational Disney films. Mm. But it is one that when it's on, I genuinely enjoy it. Mm. It's really good. And I find the music to be very catchy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very catchy. So much so that they're now using it for ads here, which I hope they're paying Disney royalties. Uh, I, I think Disney will be fine either way. <laughs> I think I think they're doing okay. You know, what? given that it's Disney, I'm I'm sure that they've they chased that. They will have chased that down. Don't yeah. you worry. Yeah, they'd be. I, I'm pretty sure um, when we get to discussions around the hamster dance a little bit later on, there may even be. Uh, <laughs> There may even be some conversations there that they've tried to have. Yes. So, with all that being said, uh, shall we watch Robin Hood 1973 edition? Yes, please. Mm, why not? Okay. For those of you who are uh, watching this at home, pop in your DVDs, load up your streaming services, and check the time, because it's four o'clock and all's <laughs> while as we watch Walt Disney's Robin Hood. <laughs> I'm guessing that'll make sense at some point. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We've just finished watching 1973's Robin Hood from Walt Disney Pictures, and I'm joined once again by Nicola Brescianini. Hello. And Murray Jackson. Hello. Murray, that was your first time watching this version of Robin Hood. Mm. What did you think? Oh, look, it was harmless. Um, <laughs> uh, look, yeah, it's, it's, I think, pretty light-hearted stuff, really. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a sort of a sort of a I don't know TV animated sort of thing rather than than a, a big budget mm. Disney feature. It felt okay. to me. Yeah. Okay, well, so the seventies were a little bit more low budget than mm, yeah. a lot of the other eras. It, yes. it is interesting when you think of like Disney's sort of big eras were the you know uh, obviously the initial rise of the studio and yep. from the late 30s and the the big animated features they did right the way through to really the late 50s and 60s and also their live action contributions not just the computer wall tennis shoes but you know things like mary <laughs> poppins and bed, mm. bed, um, bed knobs and broomsticks and then yeah the 70s 70s and 80s, and 80s a real dip yeah it just feels like this strange fallow period and i think robin hood gets gets lost a little bit because of when it was released but it does feel like it's more in that sort of 101 Dalmatians. Mm. Like, it's the very tail end of that that sort of period of Disney's mm. um, first sort of big, good period. Yeah, uh, it um, does. It, yeah. 100% you're right that it harks more to that 101 Dalmatians 60s period of mm. the films that would be made there. But this one came out after Walt died, which is why there was that dip. Mm. Yeah, and I, I get the feeling like it, it's... Um, someone at Disney went... Let's do our animated version of Robin Hood. And everyone went, yes, let's do that. And then it came to making it. And they're like, ah, 
I was enthusiastic about the idea, but I don't know if I want to really make it now. I, I wouldn't disagree in terms of th- there is something a bit different about the style of Robin Hood, um, the, the way it's animated. It's I don't think it's bad, but it it doesn't. No, no, it does, but no, it doesn't no. have the feel not, of not, being a movie. Not not bad. Yeah. It it just felt Saturday morning cartoonish. Mm. It, it was it was. Um, it was a series of set pieces mm. rather than a film with a what felt like a, a cohesive and ongoing sort of narrative. Which I feel is actually a bigger problem of the source text of Robin Hood because um, anyone who listened to last week's episode on the adventures of Robin Hood from 1938, that felt like not quite a series of short films that all happen to have the same cast mm. but because it's the adventures because it's robin hood doesn't necessarily have a big coherent long story even though there is this arc that that goes on it is very much more that time robin did this or that time robin and little john did that as opposed to like a sense of building I, overall I, I, narrative i think more in 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 um line with the 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 I wouldn't call it a Disney trope necessarily, but there seemed to be this like, okay, we've we've run out of an idea here. Let's have Prince John beat up on Sir Hiss again. Mm. Um, So the number of times that happened in the film, I don't know, I lost count, but it happened a fair bit. Mm. Uh, It was like, we're kind of out of ideas as what to do at this point, so let's just do that. And Mm. they did have a a feel that of, you know, we, we, we have to have a gag now yeah and i also think and again i think this is more because it's a robin hood story um there's not there's not as much room for character arcs or character growth because they are these sort of staple characters Mm. and we just when we watched um the adventures of robin hood that film does have a lot of characters that stay in their caricatures and don't change much Um, made marion in the Adventures of Robin Hood, played by Olivia de Havilland, has something of an arc. And her arc is she changed her mind on Robin Hood being a baddie to Robin Hood being a goodie. Or mm. basically that the Normans were wrong and the Saxons were being put upon as it was framed in that film. She changes her mind. But that's one of the few characters that actually changes. In this film, none of the characters change. Nobody no. who thinks Robin Hood is good at the start of the film thinks that he's bad. Likewise, nobody who thinks that they're bad thinks that he's good at the end of the film. Um, mm. Even Maid Marian in this film is very much, you know, oh, I, I, I'm in love with him, but I don't know if he still loves me because I've been away to London. There's, there's no real mm. tension in that sense. I think I can put my finger on it, to be honest. I mm. think the problem is... I grew up watching a lot of Hanna-Barbera and um, Mary Melody's um, uh, you know, Saturday morning animation, right? And I'm probably unfavorably comparing this to those where, as a kid, the, the setup of the gag and the slapstick um, was, to me at the time, inspired... <laughs> and I'll watch this, you know, and I'm an adult, you know, watching watching this and, and casting my mind back to what it was like watching cartoons as a kid. And I'm thinking to myself, Disney's plagiarized this. Mm. Disney sat down and has watched those and, it, and it's gone for the setup and the sight gag and the, and the slapstick, but it hasn't done it in as, or hasn't done it as well as mm. Hanna-Barbera or, you know, uh, Looney Tunes did um, back in the day. Mm. There's nothing inherently wrong with this film. Mm. Or yeah, there's things <laughs> you can pick on. Mm. Yeah, the animation is not crash hot, um, but uh, there's some there's, equally there's some really nice things in here. You know the the, the performances of of certain characters. Peter Euston, fantastic. Mm. Um, Terry Thomas, always fun. Mm. Um, and some of the other actors who I'm not familiar with, they, 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 I think they really are putting in some nice performances. Mm. And it's just a shame for me that the story seems to be disjointed. Maybe it's thoroughly enjoyable to a child. I don't know. Well, um, Nicola, as a child who saw it, yes, I, I, I probably, <laughs> yeah. probably a good time to throw it. Let to me you. step in here. Yeah, as, as a child who saw this film 
I really enjoyed it as a kid. You mm. you do find all that slapstick humor to be quite quite humorous, mm. um, and it doesn't. You know, you're not as invested as a kid in like a really um, a really solid plot narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you don't worry so much about that. It's just a good time. Uh, and, it's and, a good and, time with some good tunes and some funny characters. And yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. And and I have to say this, I did um, enjoy the the trip down memory lane with the soundtrack. Oh, good. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, that song's coming up and I kind of remember how that goes and, yeah, I could probably sing along to it. So um, that was really cool. It was actually fewer songs. That, that might have been one of the other things that annoyed me. There were fewer songs in this film than I remember from the album. Um, I don't know if they slapped in some outtakes on the album or whatever, but um, this is really only... F- Four songs, I think. Four songs in this entire film. Yeah, well, obviously, there's the, the whistle stop at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, there's Ood Lolly, Ood Lolly. Yeah. Um, there's. The love song. The love song. Um, there's Not in Nottingham. And then there's uh, the, the, the Cowardly King of England. Yes. Yeah, Funny King of England. Five. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And Happy Birthday, but they <laughs> probably can't count. <laughs> yeah. <they're, they're>, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are quite a few. There, there, I actually don't didn't remember there being as many songs. For, for me, I only really remembered Whistle Stop and, and Oodle Alley. I forgot all about the the love song. I forgot all about the song that follows it, which is the the Phony King of England one, which great is actually song. which but, is plot relevant. Yeah, great <laughs> and, and, song. For, and for me, those are the bits I actually really liked mm. because for me that was the nostalgia trip. Yeah, uh, Nicola, when did you last watch this film? I don't think it's five been... minutes ago, Steve. Well, oh, sorry. <laughs> I think it must have been years because there were mm. actually things that I was watching this time where I was going, you know, I really don't remember that line or I don't remember that like, you know, that's got a little bit more adult humour than I remember ever cottoning onto as a kid. Mm. So it must have been a while. Yeah, I don't think I've watched this as an adult, uh, but this was one that was on high rotation in my my house. Uh, oh, in the wow. 90s. Yeah, VHS. The yellow copy. cover? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> for, for me, the, the Disney Probably worth films... a few bob now. Yeah. <laughs> The Disney films that were on high rotation in because uh, I'm I'm one of four kids, so uh, VHS was a lifesaver for my parents <laughs> if they needed anything doing. It was like, all right, sit down, watch this. Um, it was it was Robin Hood, it was Aladdin, mm. Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, but I think less so. I think collectively the four of us were like, no, the, these three are great. Hundred and one Dalmatians, yeah. But Robin Hood, I do remember being on quite high rotation, um, and I think it is because. It actually devotes quite a big chunk of the film to children's perspectives. Yes. Because we have the four kids that we follow in that sequence where we're first introduced to Maid Marian, where we follow um, Skippy, Sis, Tagalong and Toby as they are playing with the bow and arrow that, that Skippy got for his seventh birthday. And then we see from their perspective, you know, oh, we're going to sneak into the castle grounds. Oh, but King John might cut off my head. So cute. And we spend a lot of time with them and that culture that they have of, you know, like you have to swear and swear on your life. And that whole scene being from their sequence, I think may partly be a a really clever move to Mm. sort of have it, because this is a film for children, to really get the kids engaged with oh yeah Robin Hood's good and Maid Marian's all right mm. and ooh King John ooh but and that they idolize Robin Hood so much they yeah. really talk him up to be this massive hero which mm. is why when you watch it as a kid you you do 100% believe that this guy has, can do nothing wrong you yeah. know he is an absolute hero mm. Mm. and and it's interesting because at the very start of the film I'd, I'd forgotten about this the first conversation that little John and Robin Hood have is Essentially, the, the, the Mitchell Webb sketch are we the baddies, except they're not Nazis. In this case, they're Robin Hood and <laughs> Little John. Um, you know, Little John's going, are we, are we good? Like, just straight away addressing the fact that they rob people, yeah. but it's okay because they rob specifically the, the phony king of England. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, this, I think this film does a really good job of making Robin Hood sort of unquestionably a good person so it's it's not troubling as a viewer to go oh but he's, he's a thief no he's a noble thief but it also helps that the sheriff of nottingham is so disgusting yeah as a villain that you want to hate you know he is he is out there stealing kids like presents mm. he is an awful well, i was gonna say human being he's an awful wolf mm. that it just makes you hate him so much that you want Robin Hood to be doing the right thing, quote unquote, air quotes, but you want him to be doing the right thing and, and fixing that for the people of Nottingham. Yeah. 
And I mean, the sheriff in this one is really good um, as, as a character. His voice actor. Oh my gosh! Yeah, brilliant. No, don't, yeah, the voice acting was great, but also just the fact that he is just un, unrelentingly a children's villain. Like, he, like he <laughs> stole from the church poor box after those little mice gave their only farthing. Oh, I hate him so much. Like, you know, <laughs> it's very easy to to go against him, and it's it it's just it's quite nicely balanced in that sense. And yeah, as you say, the performance. Um, of of the sheriff of Nottingham, uh, Pat Buttram was the voice actor. Um, Brilliant, just just yeah, superb, and uh, a really interesting vo- voice cast, as you say, uh, Murray. Obviously, um, uh, Peter Ustinov as um, Prince John mm. is just 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 <laughs> the laugh he has. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. just repeating <laughs> things. Repeating. I'll permit myself an evil chuckle. <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah, and uh, the 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 uh, animation you can tell it's got the the Don Bluth touch to it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah Don Bluth um, in the credits at the beginning. We all went, yeah. Oh, still on board, yeah. eh, Don? <laughs> Not long now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was nice, and, and you know, obviously Terry Thomas is a hiss and incorporating Terry Thomas's mm, famous famous gap, gap tooth. tooth. Yeah, into it the was great idea. I yeah. have to Google him. I can't even picture what he looks yeah. like. Yeah, uh, imagine that that snake is a human being. That's basically. Mm, that's I Terry do Thomas. love. I yeah. love when you find out that they based the characters, like the way mm. they design the characters, so much on the uh, actor. So this is Terry Thomas. Oh yeah. Oh, you found it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I've just found it. Yeah. Woo! Look at that mustache. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, he was. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, at this stage, the mainstay of um, British film in the fifties, sixties, and mm. early seventies. Yeah, and in the sixties, yeah. he started to break into Hollywood a bit as well. Mm. Um, Those magnificent his... men and their flying machines. Indeed. Mm. Oh, we we haven't done that yet. Mm. <laughs> one of the best theme tunes of any film ever. Ah, now well, there's there's slapstick for yeah. you. Yeah, we'll get um, to that one another day. But um, yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. Mm. I didn't come out of this game. Cool, this is a horrible <laughs> film. Um, no, nothing like that at all. I I just felt that I was disappointed in, I guess, a lack of originality. And what I, I I guess probably I would have liked them to have stuck more to the 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 the. the traditional story of Robin Hood, you know, mm. where Alan Adale and Friar Tuck, you know, meeting Friar Tuck and, and you know, the the battle on the log, or is that with Little John? I can't remember. It's with Little, Little John, John, yeah. Um, I, I want to see all that stuff. Yeah. And we mm. sort of, we, we dove straight in and I'm like, oh, backstory, characterization. And I know I'm approaching it as an adult and it's not fair. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, well, I think it's really interesting as well because obviously Robin Hood has been adapted so many times mm. we're doing a month of the films and we're probably not even going to scratch on some big ones um so we're doing men in tights don't worry everyone we're Excellent. doing the most important one yeah. but uh, but <laughs> second yeah. most after this well yes yeah, so, but you know there, there's some some really well-known adaptations and well-liked mm. adaptations the, the kevin cosner one as you say is one that is quite liked despite his americanness um, and, and brian adams uh and you know more recent ones with um the the russell crowe Crow one from about 10 years ago yeah. the taron edgerton one yeah the one everyone forgets ever happened yeah there's there's you know there are quite and you know there are versions that i am probably not even aware of there's, oh yeah there's the silent hammer film hammer hammer horror did two robin hood films i did not know that who, who played go. robin um god i have a, i have a feeling it was richard green once again okay um, did, and and who did Peter Cushing play? That's <laughs> yes, I'm not sure Peter Cushing was in there. Um, yeah, I've actually just ordered. Uh, they've they've done a uh, a new release on Blu-ray, so I've, I've ordered it. I'll, I'll let you know. I, I suppose what, what what I'm getting at is because there are so many yeah. different retellings of this story that to try and make it a unique telling, that you have to focus on on different aspects and with this version it does feel as though they very much focused on because it is disney and because it is animation making it more child friendly so perhaps having oh, robin that, hood and little john have a bridge battle that i'm happy with yeah i'm, would, I'm would happy with it sense. being kid kid related i just felt this jumped over places you know they're narratively they didn't know where they were going with this so they kind of just made up as they went along yeah i mean it's it's only 80 minutes like it's not a terribly long no film. it's a short one um but it's I, I also i think it's it's good that it didn't outstay its welcome hmm. and i think it particularly remembering back as a child i think this is actually a really key one 
to have watched as 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 a as a child to get sort of like that that maximum enjoyment out of it. It's because, paced well for, for for children, I think, yeah, in terms it, of you never going to stop watching the action because there's always something happening on screen. The only time I think as a child your mind's going to wander is with the um, the love song. Yeah, the sissy love stuff. The sissy love song. <laughs> Skippy yeah. called it. Where you're just going, go, oh no. And I was actually, while we were watching that, thinking of myself as a child watching that, thinking, oh no, at that point, that's the moment when the kids start screaming in their seats or, you know, can I go to the toilet, mummy, or can I have another ice cream but when you're in the cinema? But then they immediately throw in The Phony King of England, which yeah. is Bring it straight back in. a bob. Uh, mm. And it's like, oh, they're all doing stuff now. Okay, I'm back in the film. Yeah, that's puppets it. And- yeah. <laughs> so the, I think with the love song, the parents are just shut up, sit there. It'll be over in two minutes. You'll be yeah. fine. I need this. Be quiet. <laughs> you I know need what, to actually, what while we like. were watching that scene, I was thinking this song, like the love song, is actually... It's a short song. Mm. It's not long. They kept it really minimal. Because yeah. mm. you're right. It gets to that point halfway through the film where kids are starting to get a bit restless. Mm. You put a little boring... You know, I don't think it's boring. But you put a boring <laughs> moment in, then you've got to keep it real snappy for those yeah. kids. And yeah. it, it is a lull in what has been a lot yes. of action as well. And like we've just had the archery tournament and that big old fight scene and <laughs> Lady Clark playing <laughs> an American footballer just tackling <laughs> rhinos out the way. Like it's big and it's bombastic and engaging. And then you need those moments of rest. But yeah. And I think it was quite a smart move to go, let's put the love stuff because Robin and Maid Marian have to get together. And because this is the Disney version, they have to get married. Uh, so we need to put in like, because Ma- Maid Marian's basically not in the film after that scene because she's not mm. involved in the rescue she only comes in for the wedding at mm. the end yeah um and so given that that was where they were headed they were like we really need to like tie this one off just so that we know right yeah. so the wedding makes sense at the end yeah it's like these two are together this is good he proposes with the flower ring which nicola you said you really wanted as a oh child oh my gosh yes <laughs> it was beautiful yeah and and i i think it's done very um succinctly Mm. Uh, and it, it is nice and then it goes okay now let's get back to dealing with Prince John and his bags of gold and, and <laughs> everyone else being awful and there's quite a big chunk of this film without Robin Hood in it after that sequence though where, where we start seeing in the jail yeah Prince John's implementation of his uh, double the taxes triple them <laughs> and then um, and the we sheriff of Nottingham and the two vultures yeah, yeah and um, Friar Tuck getting arrested which yeah. was a, a much darker scene than i remember it yeah he was bold <laughs> yeah the fact he just loses it and goes ape shit and tries to basically yeah. kill the sheriff of nottingham yeah. um because he, he just, he's just snapped at that point it's like you know you take from the church poor box that's it like, you know you're, you're going down <laughs> you've 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 taxed him to death but the moment you take it money from the church boy i'm angry <laughs> i mean in fairness yes that that is also possibly part of it um but but yeah it, 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 the film does does actually go away from Robin even being part of the film for quite a while mm. and I think it creates a an interesting sense of the community of Nottingham and and how just how much the taxes are a bad thing because I think some versions of Robin Hood skip over that where it's like we're just sort of generally poor whereas in this yeah. it's like no these people are destitute and they they are you know we're seeing the whole town has been shut down. That Not in Nottingham mm. song sung from the jail cell and mm. they're showing all of the different um, citizens in jail and mm. how they're reacting to it all. Oh, my God. Heartbreaking. Mm. The counterpoint to that is that the film is called Robin Hood. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, you, you, maybe we could have had a bit of Robin in there going, oh, this isn't going I well. I feel like I am actually the villain now. I'm the sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> oh, he's railing on this, you bastard. No, it's, <laughs> but, but it's fair. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's on the one hand, it's a Disney animated feature, so mm. we have certain expectations. On the other hand, it's an adaptation of a really well-known story and mm. a story which has been told throughout cinema for at least a hundred years because this year is the hundredth anniversary of the douglas fairbanks silent version um wow. which was the prototype for the errol flynn version mm. essentially um so you know it's it's a story that has been told and is is beloved for for a very long time and it's interesting looking on this one because this film is almost 50 years old. It turns 50 next year. Um, which, Don't say that, Stephen. I, know, I was I'm six sorry. when this came in. I'm very sorry, <laughs> but that's the truth of it. And um, yeah, it's it does... Um, I, I think because it sits in two, these two camps, 
there are bits that they're going to miss where it doesn't quite feel like other Disney films and maybe misses some of the gloss that we expect with other Disney features. I'd be keen to know what the, the story behind the development of this uh, as a project, um, which I'm sure you'll get into, Stephen. <laughs> I've got a little bit of it. Um, but um, as to why, really, why they decided mm. that this was a good time and a good idea to bring this particular tale out... Mm. Um, when let's face it, they'd been doing original stuff for mm. for Yonks, hadn't they? I mean, apart well, mm. Sleeping Beauty and um, Snow White, but they've been doing. I mean, th- this pretty much original stuff mm. for years. It would have cost a lot more money to mm. be able to come mm. up with that original story and put it all together. And is that the story they, of the studio at the time? Yeah, they it just is? Did, yeah. yeah, didn't mm. have the money. Uh, this was also isn't that interesting because they, they, we think of Disney as this phenomenal. Cash cow. Yeah. Oh no, they went through some real broke periods after right. the war. Right. Mm. Okay. After the war, after Walt died. That's why I'd be very interested to 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 know more about the development of these films in the early seventies. Oh, if you're interested, the history of the Walt Disney Company is fascinating. Mm. Yeah. I have books you can borrow, Murray. Would, would, <laughs> what, what do you think they were skimping on the animation because they were having more success with live action at that stage? Um, I don't feel like they actually were having a great... like We imagine them to be having a greater amount of success with live-action films mm. than what they actually were having at the time. But um, they, even for this movie, they were reusing a lot of animation. I, and I noticed that. Yeah, yeah I was that like, hello, in, that's the Baloo dance that you're yeah, doing Yeah, the Baloo there. dance from the Jungle Book. And, and they took a lot Jungle from Book. Snow White yeah. when Maid Marian was dancing. A yeah, lot of yeah. that is from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. They've, they've mm. reused a lot to save money where yes. they can. And, and I did notice at one stage the, the Sheriff of Nottingham, where he's martial I'm going, you've reused the animation from earlier, haven't you? And the four kids. Cheeky buggers. Yeah, the four kids laughing when... Um, Skippy kisses Maid Marian, mm. and then later on during the um, Phony King of England song, they reused the exact same animation for the kids. Yeah, with Cis kind of collapsing yes. against See, the tree. One, one of the the big things as a kid for me in the early seventies, growing up, was Disney had a show called The Wonderful World of Disney, mm. which used to play on a Sunday evening, I think, back in New Zealand. Um, but from memory, now this wasn't all fresh material. This was all stuff that they'd done in like the 50s and 60s that they basically this was their way of retreading it on tv Mm. and they would take films and they would split them into two halves and play one half this week one half next week Mm. um and you know growing up as a a child in the early 70s thinking oh you know disney disney's this amazing massive thing but yeah, maybe, yeah. I'll, I'll go with what you're saying. That they're yeah. going through a bit of a period of um, They didn't find morass. a lot of success again until 89, um, Little Mermaid. That late? Mm. Mm. Wow. A lot of the movies between then... Because like, they, they were always company, trumpeted big things. All, yeah. Uh, you know, with um, you know, Fox and the Hound and, and uh, the, the Black Cauldron. And, yeah, all those 70s and 80s films. And I, and, and I wasn't... Uh, Gosh, uh, what was the the black hole? Wasn't that Disney? That was Disney, that wasn't was it? Disney, black yeah. hole. Yeah, the black hole was it was trumpeted as this huge film. They poured millions of dollars into it, and the thing bombed. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Actually, and you know, know they, they had films like Pete's Dragon, which were yep. what liked but weren't massive blockbuster successes. So they, no. maybe it was diminishing returns. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Sorry, a bit of a segue, but I, I'm really keen to understand. Why were they just? We have to put a movie out. Let's put a movie out this mm. year. Just trying to make that money back. Yeah, the money that they were spending on producing these films, they weren't having as much commercial success in the cinemas as they were expecting to be able to make back. Mm. And so, plus, I guess that, they, they probably had animators on staff. Yeah, there was a big strike mm. um, that went down as well, where they felt that they weren't getting paid enough. But it's obviously that you know, it's a big run-on effect. Where, well, if we you know, we don't have the... We can't pay the animators, so they're going on strike. So then we don't have the animators to be able to animate the films. That It's going to take longer to be able to create the films that we then put out to cinemas and they're not raking in as much money. And then again, we don't have enough money oh, to pay wow. our animators. So it's it kind of a vicious big, cycle. Yeah. yeah. So it was lucky that The Little Mermaid came along when it did because they were having huge amounts of, like, concern yeah. for the company. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe a bit more of a sympathetic eye now, see. Yes. This film itself... Um, Originally, there were plans back in the 
30s post Snow White to make uh, an adaptation of uh, Reynard the Fox, which is a 12th century legend um, that Walt Disney was interested in adapting. Um, but there were concerns that Reynard was an, an unsuitable choice for a hero because there was some moral question involved. It's uh, also the fact it was a German name. Uh, well, yes, that may not have helped as well. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so it got uh, postponed. Um, there were plans basically periodically throughout the 50s and 60s to potentially do other things, uh, but the production always kind of got pushed to the back. Um, the Sword and the Stone got picked over uh, making a Rain Out the Fox adaptation in the early 60s, for example. And then in the late 60s, um, they were finishing up the Aristocats and they were thinking, what can they do as their next feature? And um, Ken Anderson uh, was on a fishing trip with the studio executive Card Walker uh, and they discussed the idea of doing Robin Hood. And um, they were like, we think this would be a good idea. But their original plan was to try and make it a bit more of a, um, like a buddy cop film about Robin and Little Hood, uh, Robin Hood and Little John uh, because of films like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance mm, Kid. Mm. And so making it more of that outlaw thing, there were plans to make it more of a Western uh, or to make it set Robin Hood, but set in the US. Um, they were thinking potentially of setting the film in the deep south but uh disney was still a bit wary because of song of the mm. south uh they went maybe no. <laughs> maybe not um and so they went no let's make it they ended up going you know what we'll make it a traditional english 12th century setting um of of this and so the the idea of doing reynard the fox was still in their minds and so they brought in some of the animations that were done for that project before it was scrapped and that evolved into making Robin Hood where it's all animals instead of humans and so it's sort of this mishmash of two yeah, ideas it's just like last mm. night's leftovers all put together as some sort of bollard nose really. yeah and sometimes we all know that leftovers can be better than the night before they certainly can <laughs> um, but yeah so so it, it, it's it does have a very mixed sort of history of Technically, production for this film started in 1938, if you count the original drawings that were done for Reynard the Fox as the character. Uh, and then, yeah, post Walt Disney's death, when they were looking at things to do, they went, yeah, let's let's do let's do Robin Hood. And then it sort of evolved from there. And that's how you've ended up with with the film that we've seen today. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I think it's it's a very good, fun film. Um, is is Robin Hood still? The um the the most attractive animal in this film, Nicola, or, or the most attractive Robin Hood we've seen. I I mean I would say so. Yeah. Watching it again, like I personally was never attracted to him, but mm. I know that like if you ask out there, everyone will say Robin Hood. Mm. But watching it, I was like, you know, I really get what they're saying. Yeah. I really believe it. He made Marion spend a lot of time looking into each other's eyes. Yeah. And I think that does help build a sense of trust. Well, they're human eyes, mm. really. When yes. you look that closely at them, I mean, as human as they can be when they're animated, yeah, you know, it, you really go, oh, okay, it's, you know, it's just like watching a person. You forget after a while that you're actually just watching animals running around on the screen. Yeah, and then it's like when he's the blind, uh, pretending to be the blind beggar, and he turns around, I'm like, why is there a tail? Oh, he's a fox. That's mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, would you guys like some trivia about Robin yes, Hood? Mm, please. Would. Okay. All of this mm. trivia comes from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. Uh, the first bit of trivia is that. Um, Originally, Friar Tuck was not going to be a badger. Uh, he was going to be a pig. Uh, but this was changed oh. to avoid insulting religious sensibilities. I was sensibilities. about to say, that would have been a bad move. <laughs> yes. They went, oh, hang on a second. Uh, let's, let's, let's make him a badger. Is there, is there any religious texts talk about badgers? I don't think so. Okay. We're sweet. <laughs> safe, safe animal. Um, the Sheriff of Nottingham was also originally going to be a goat. But they changed it to be a wolf because uh, wolves are more villainous. Predatory. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Could could have been interesting with a goat. What happened um, with Zootopia? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, maybe, maybe they were just waiting 40 years. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, she was a sheep, but close enough. Like, <laughs> mm. um, as you mentioned before, Nicola, Maid Marian's dance uh, in the Forest Animals um, sequence with the Phony King of England song is the same dance as Snow White's Dance with the Dwarves from mm. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Uh, during the song, she also shares dance moves with Duchess from oh, the yeah. Aristocats. Um, 
whilst people think that the recycling of the animation was used to save time and money, this was not true. Oh. Uh, Floyd Norman, former Disney animator, uh, revealed that recycling animation was the director Wolfgang Reitherman's decision, and he did it because he wanted to use stuff that he knew would work. In reality, it is harder and takes longer to redraw an existing sequence. I was actually sitting there wondering that, like, how... How would they actually have done that? Mm. That's interesting. I didn't know that that was the reason behind it. I was one of those people that assumed that it was... Yeah. Because yeah, I would have thought they'd just you know, dig out the old drawings and... But you have to you have to basically create brand new drawings over the top and you make do. sure that they work with that motion because because Maid Marian is not the same proportions as Snow, Snow White. White. Mm. So you have to design around that. Um, but it was basically because the director uh, went, yep, I, I like how this looks and I know that it works let's use it as opposed to let's create a new dance sequence also didn't realize that wolfgang Riedemann was the director of this one because mm. he i know he did the sword and the stone i didn't yes. realize it was the same oh, they liked him so much they got him back for this one as well mm. which is nice to see um the characters of the sheriff of nottingham played by pat buttram friar tuck andy divine uh, Nutsy, Ken Curtis, and Trigger, George Lindsay, were all voiced by actors known for doing westerns because at one point this production was going to be set in the Old mm. West. Mm. So they were cast with that in mind. Makes sense. Once it was decided, no, we're going to do it in England, they went, ah, keep them, they're fun. <laughs> and they're, they are fun. They're, yeah. they're all great, particularly, as you said, the Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. It's just, just a wonderful voice. Wonderful, sort of like cartoony, villainy voice, uh, which is lovely to see. Um, Monica Evans, who played Maid Marian, and Carol Shelley, who played Lady Clark, also worked together on the Aristocats. They were the voices of the geese, Abigail and Amelia. Carol Shelley. Mm. That name rings a bell. Uh, well, they were also in The Odd Couple in 1968, the Broadway play in the movie as the Pigeon Sisters. So they did a lot of work together. Oh, I've got that. I'll have to dig that out. Mm. Give that a... But yes, they were uh, Abigail and Amelia, the geese mm. from the Aristocats. Which uh, is, I'm, is I'm nice. I'm just going to do a little Google while you keep talking. Okay. Uh, a possible ending for this film included Robin being wounded after escaping the, pa- the uh, castle. In this ending, Prince John, uh, hooded and cloaked, would be about to stab Robin, but be interrupted by the arrival of King Richard, both of whom were played by Peter Ustinov. Um, mm. The filmmakers felt that this made Prince John too sinister and took away from Robin Hood as the hero, with him being saved by the arrival of King Richard as opposed to his own uh, strengths. Um, it was also seen as too dark a turn for yeah. the otherwise upbeat and carefree turn of the film, so it was deleted and replaced to the ending where he escapes unscathed. I'd go along with that. Mm. Mm. Uh, you can see the storyboard uh, of this in the uh, DVD extras, though. So the storyboards survive, and that can be seen if people are interested. Tommy Steele was the original choice to perform the voice of Robin Hood. Okay. Uh, but he dropped out shortly after recording sessions began. Uh, another actor that was considered to fill in the role was uh, the uh, late Terry Jones of Monty Python fame. Oh. oh. Yeah, he was considered for the part of Robin. That would have been interesting. <laughs> it would have been very interesting him doing the soothsaying. You can mention, yes. It would have been Brian's mother. You've been a very naughty boy. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but no, they, they ended up uh, going with um, uh, Brian Bedford instead, who does a really good job. I liked it. Yeah. I think you, you, you needed an actor who was going to have a certain um, he said a relaxed... Rogue. He's had a sort of a relaxed, roguish charm yeah. to him, yeah. didn't he? Disappointingly, um, the actor that missed out on the role to him was named Bernard Fox, which... Oh, <laughs> would that would have been, have been nice. serendipitous. Yeah, maybe, um, they, maybe they were just like, nah, we, we can't have a fox playing a fox. It's too obvious. <laughs> Carol Shelley was also in Hercules. Who was she in Hercules? She played one of the three. Um, what's oh, the, the word for it? The, 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 the shared the eye. Yeah. Yeah. I can't um, think of the word. I have been listening to the audiobook of Stephen Fry's Mythos and I'm really annoyed. I can't remember what they're called now. Do you mean the fates, Nicole? I do mean the fates. There Thank you, go. Stephen. Wonderful. Yes. And with the miracle of editing, no one knows how long that took <laughs> for us to remember that. Slash. Look it up and find out. Um, the final bit of trivia that I have is um, about the music mm, for this film. Please. Specifically, right. the opening song, the opening theme music, um, the whistle stop. Yes. Just the uh, just a beautiful, literal, simple tune. They speed it up really nice for when it starts to get 
climactic and chasey, and just makes that opening title card sequence really fly it's by. Brilliant. And yeah, as I say, the most racy song mm. in our uh, repertoire of music at home at, at, at that time. Mm, yes. Mm. <laughs> yes, yeah, it really uh, felt like it was yeah. um, something a little um, subversive, to be honest. Oh. Well, that, that song, or at least a portion of it, uh, was re- reused in the late 90s for one of the first infamous internet memes oh the hamster dance yes okay now this was uh something that happened uh where they took the song and played it at double speed the hamster dance was uh created in 1998 by canadian art student deirdre lacarte as part of a GeoCities page uh the dance features a row of animated gifs of hamsters and other rodents <laughs> dancing in various ways to a sped up sample from the whistle stop sample. song i hope i hope i hope they crucified that person uh, well, I'm not for crucifying anyone, <laughs> just in general. Um, but yes, the hamster dance, uh, and this was something that... You don't that... mess around with a classic like the whistle song. The great thing was, was uh, the, the, the youths on TikTok, of which I count myself as one, because I have a TikTok account. Oh. Uh, <laughs> You're hipper than I am. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, they, they, somebody discovered this last year for the first time, uh, that, that made the connection, and it was a very high trending video because a lot of people just hadn't made the connection the the hamster dance uh for those at home it can very easily be googled but for the benefit of um murray and nicola i'm going to play a small segment of it now i remember this from primary school and then it's like this is sacrilege no no that someone's put percussion in there They've got little dancing hamsters and everything. No, I don't like it. It's terrible. Absolute flashback. Oh, God. Even worse, it looks like they've tried to rip off the (laughs) animation of a... of a a great um, comic artist as well. Oh, Jesus. Mm. No. Okay, not not signing that the dustbin of history. Thank okay. you, Stephen. Well, I can only apologise for bringing the hamster dance into this reputable institution, <laughs> and indeed playing it in in your palace of cinema. I am very sorry that you had to listen. Well, that's to that. all right. I mean, if there's one place where the, the secret will never get out, it's in here. <laughs> well, all that remains is for us to score the film. Mm. And Murray, you actually get to go first because this was your first time watching right. Robin Hood. Um, yeah. Look, I I feel like um, people will think I. I really dislike this film which I, which is not true mm. um i yes Again. i'm i am I'm, I'm, I'm critical of it um mm. because i'm not viewing it with the eyes of a child which is probably why i don't watch a lot of animation these days to be perfectly mm. honest it's hard yeah. it's hard putting yourself in from to the perspective of who the film was intended for when you're watching hard. something of a g or pg rating uh, no, Nicola, I'm not giving it a 10. <laughs> it's not getting a 10. I I will give this film a, a solid uh, 6.5 farthings in the church coffer. How dare you take that extra half farthing that we found. We need that. Um, <laughs> Nicola, what about you? What would you give this film? Um, I was actually going to give it a 7. I think it's an enjoyable time. I really, I, I extra enjoyed the music today. Mm. I, as much as I enjoy listening to it occasionally while I drive to work. Did it, did it help you a, picturing little six-year-old Murray listening to, to the soundtrack? <laughs> yeah, it sure did. He had a big smile on his face and he skipped love. Mm. <laughs> he went, no, nope, was, lifted the needle up, put it back there. It, it was really good. And there were extra little things that I didn't, pick up i really do think it's been years since i've watched this i i very much enjoyed it give Mm. it a seven excellent uh i'm gonna also give it a seven um i'm gonna give it seven uh bowls of just burnt soup (laughs) like because that soup i I have a very when that scene came up i had a very distinct memory of having vegetable soup whilst watching this film and going well why doesn't my soup make me go like it did to fry it up Mm. Um, and I, Less I, chilli. Yeah, well, the thing is, is I, as a child, and, and still as an adult, I like to add vinegar to my soup. Uh, what? Yeah, um, which I've discovered is not common. No. Just not a lot, just a little bit. Ew. Just a little bit of vinegar, just adds a little bit of 
sourness, I guess. That's so gross. But as yeah, but as a kid, I would like add vinegar to the soup to try and create wow. the <laughs> sensation, I guess. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Why did you admit that? Nicola, Nicola, <laughs> Nicola and I are currently looking at Stephen as if he should be locked up. You're looking at me as if I am the hamster dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I knew you guys were going to go seven, so I could have gone down to a five. Nah. No. Yeah, <laughs> so glad you went first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel it does feel though that it sits right in that sort of between six and seven out of ten range because yeah. it it is a strange film. Uh, there are aspects to it where it it maybe doesn't quite work. Mm. And I'd be curious to have um, someone who is a child today watch this film and whether or not they would connect with it. Um, oh, that'd be ripping holes in the animation. Yeah. Um, although that said, I mean, I have a niece and nephew who are the bang on right age for this and they've been watching things like uh, The Swan Princess recently, which mm. um, arguably has more animation issues, but they really enjoyed that. So I, I'm sure that um, if they haven't already watched this, if I got them to watch it, they'd, they'd have a good time. And yeah, it's, it is it is lovely. It's, it's harmless. I think your initial review of it being harmless is a really good mm. one because it, it is harmless and it's a nice time and it's it, it does feel like a saturday morning cartoon almost and it, it's, yeah exactly yeah it, it, it's just a really nice time and they've done a good job so yeah seven seven vinegary soups for me mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh i will reveal nothing else about my dietary <laughs> choices on this podcast i feel appropriately shunned but nicola and murray thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the cinema catch-up club well thanks 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 for uh, taking a chance on, yeah. on an old uh, cynic like myself uh, <laughs> Stephen, when watching uh, disney animation yeah well it's always and it fun. was lovely to watch it with um nicola who's uh, clearly so well um versed in, in, in Disney history and mm. giving me an insight into the, the challenges at the time. You are so welcome. I have so much space in my brain that's being taken up by Disney knowledge that it's nice to, to give it some airtime. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just just bleed a little bit out. Yeah. Get, it, get it out there. Uh, and for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. Uh, if you want to hear the rest of Robin Hood Month, why it helps if you subscribe to the podcast uh if you find us over on itunes spotify soundcloud uh just give us a follow or a like or however that works just press the button that means you get a new podcast each and every week uh, you can also follow our various robin hood adventures on facebook just search for the cinema catch-up club there like the page and you'll get news and updates as they come and of course there is our patreon uh where you can take from yourselves and give to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, just find us over at patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. But that is all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.